Let us turn in our Bibles, or, yeah, our Bibles, in John chapter 7, verses uh, 25 through 36, as we continue our study from the book of John. John chapter 7, verses 25 through 36. Song, this is the word of God. Song of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, Is not this man whom they seek to kill? And here he is, speaking openly, and they say nothing to him. Can it be that the authorities really know that this is the Christ? But we know where this man comes from. And when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. So Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple. You know me, and you know where I come from, but I have not come of my own accord. He who sent me is true, and him you do not know. I know him, for I come from him, and he sent me. So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Yet, many of the people believing him, they said, when the Christ appears, will he do more signs than this man has done? The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him, and the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Jesus then said, I will be with you a little longer, and then I am going to him who sent me. You will seek me, and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks? And teach the Greeks, what does he mean by saying, you will seek me and you will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that as we come to your word, there are so many distractions in our mind. There are so many concerns in our hearts. There are so many worries in our life. And we acknowledge, Lord, that these are interruptions in our understanding and receiving what you have for us in this afternoon. So we pray that you give us the strength to consider these verses and and to remember that you are the one who is speaking to us and that you are the one through the power of the Holy Spirit that is giving us understanding of these spiritual things. Help us, Lord, to leave this place nourished by your word. We pray in Jesus. Amen. Where did Jesus come from? This is an important question. 
And depending the answer that you have for that question, you might have a right understanding of who he is or a wrong understanding of who he is. Where did Jesus come from? I remember some years ago, hanging out with a visiting scholar from China uh, who came to the States as a law student, and he was trying to understand the gospel for some months and coming to Bible studies until eventually he realized that he was a sinner and that God is holy and there was no way for him to have a relationship with God because he was not right before God. Therefore, he understood that Jesus was his only hope, that Jesus was his Savior, and he came to faith in Christ. This is, I think, about four to six months of him hanging out among believers. And then four months, four to six months after that, one time we gathered together to study God's Word, a new Bible study that we were starting, and we studied uh, the book of John, and we were in the first chapter And when he read that Jesus was there before everything was created, he said, wow, I didn't know that. I mean, I knew that Jesus was my Savior, that I was a sinner, that God is holy, that I need Jesus for salvation. But I always thought that Jesus was just simply born from Mary, and that was the beginning of his life. I didn't know that Jesus came from heaven and took flesh. Um, And we should not be surprised that people that have never read the Bible in their whole life and heard the gospel or go to church will discover these things and this and that thing throughout their Christian journeys because they don't have all the background that some of us have. But for him... It was a great blessing to find out that Jesus was not only his Savior, but that he was God, that he was eternal, that he took flesh. Now, a lot of people struggle understanding and accepting that Jesus was coming from above. We saw it in previous verses how people were uh, murdering or complaining about Jesus, saying that he had come from above. People were not accepting that as the truth. And in fact, today, people continue to struggle with this concept. People continue to struggle with accepting that Jesus is more than just a man, a good prophet, a good example to follow. Many religions are around the world, and many people that are not even religious people acknowledge Jesus as a good man, as a good example to follow, but they don't necessarily think that Jesus came from above, that Jesus is God. And here is where Jesus is informing the crowd, telling people about this. There are four things that we will see from these verses. These are four points that will help us to walk through these verses. Uh, These are wrong expectations, wrong results, Christ can be stopped, and time is of the essence. And you will see that all of them don't have connecting words, but you will see the connection at the end. So we start with wrong expectations. Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, 
Jesus is, Jesus is in Jerusalem. And Jesus is in Jerusalem after spending some time in Galilee because he knew that the people in Jerusalem or the religious leaders in Jerusalem wanted to kill him. Wanted to kill him precisely because of the kind of things that he was teaching. So Jesus decided to stay some time in Galilee. Um, and there was this important celebration that was happening that it was at hand in Jerusalem, which is the Feast of the Tabernacles. We have read about this the past two weeks. Jesus' brothers encouraged Jesus to go up to Jerusalem because they thought that if he goes there and he performs miracles and he does signs, people will believe in his message. Yet, John tells us that even his brothers did not believe in him. Therefore, we know that they believed something about Jesus, but they did not believe the right thing about Jesus. They may have believed that Jesus was a good miracle worker, that he had power, but they did not believe that Jesus came to save people through his dying on the cross. And of course, they would not understand even things like this, that Jesus was coming from above, that Jesus was God himself. Then Jesus didn't go right away to Jerusalem, but stayed a little longer. His brothers went ahead of him. Then later he goes to Jerusalem. And when he goes to Jerusalem, he starts to preach at the temple. And people were wondering where this man have this knowledge. You see two questions. Where did he come from? Where does this man have this knowledge? How can he speak the way he speaks? Because they knew that he was no one of the disciples of Gamaliel or Nicodemus of all these main teachers in Israel. And Jesus continues to teach to the people there at the temple. Then Jesus is in Jerusalem. That takes us to the place where we are. Um, the crowd, the people at the temple were wondering. They were asking these questions. If this man... Is not this man whom they seek to kill? They were aware of the plans of the religious leaders. If you remember from last week when Jesus said, and you want to kill me, they said, you, have, you are possessed by a demon. Nobody wants to kill you. Now it's becoming clear to us here that they knew that the religious leaders wanted to kill Jesus. But they were wondering about something. If that's the case, that they wanted to kill Jesus, how is it that Jesus is here at the temple openly speaking about these things that he is preaching and nobody wants, nobody's killing him? Why, what is happening here? They were wondering. So they had a theory or they have an idea. They thought maybe the reason why they have not killed Jesus is because the religious leaders know something that they don't want to share with us. And this is that maybe they know that this is actually the Christ, the Messiah, the one we are expecting. You may wonder, why would they think that the religious leaders knew that, but they didn't want to share it with them? Maybe, just maybe, they thought that they have spoken against Jesus, and now they will have a problem by telling people, you know, we were wrong. He's actually the Christ. He's actually the Messiah. 
Therefore, they were wondering if the religious leaders knew something that they didn't want to share with them, that Jesus was the Christ. But their minds went right away to an answer to their own question. And that answer to their own questions was based in their wrong expectations of the one who was to come. He says, they said, but we know that where this man, where, we know where this man comes from. They knew that he was the son of Mary. They knew that he was from Nazareth. They knew that he was a, 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 the son of a carpenter. They knew that he was likely a carpenter in profession. And they knew that he was just a regular person. That's when they say, we know where where this man is coming from. And they have this wrong expectation about the Messiah. This is that when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. If you will read commentaries, they will tell you that there were manuscripts or writings of uh, religious leaders that will teach that kind of teaching. That when the Messiah will come, when the Christ will come, it will be a surprise for people. No one will know where this man come from. They have learned this. They have heard about this. And because of that, they could not think that Jesus was the Messiah because they knew where this man come from. They knew that he was, in their eyes, just a man. They knew that he was just one of the crowd. Therefore, they could not think that this will apply or the category of the Christ will apply to Jesus if, in their own understanding, no one will know where he comes from. And that not only happened in this instant, but that continues to happen even up to date. People have wrong expectations of who the Christ, the Messiah is or will be. Some people think that the Christ is one who is going to lead the way, but people on their own, with their own works, with their own good works, could be saved. Some people think that the Messiah is just, as I mentioned before, a good prophet. Some religions will acknowledge that Jesus is a good prophet. But they do not see Jesus as the Christ who goes to the cross, who dies on the cross, and come back from the dead. Therefore, they have wrong expectations of who the Messiah is. You see that this crowd, for a minute, for a moment, thought that he might be the Christ, that the the religious leaders might be hiding something from them. But because they have wrong expectations of who the Christ was, they couldn't receive and welcome Jesus as their Savior. Second, wrong results. So Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple. Jesus is responding to their questions. We don't know if it's because Jesus heard these questions or because he knew in his spirit what they were murmuring about him. 
Jesus said to them, You know me, and you know where I come from. What Jesus is saying here is that he's acknowledging his human nature. That it's true that they know who he is, if Jesus, the son of Mary. They knew that Jesus was a child at some point, that he grew up and hung out with some of them or with their some kids and lived in the neighborhood. And people knew that Jesus ate food, that Jesus got tired, that, that he experienced all the things that regular people were experiencing. And Jesus is acknowledging that to them because it is important in his plan of salvation that he will be a man. Therefore, he's saying, yes, I agree with you. You know where I come from. But there is something that you don't know about, about me, and that's what Jesus is about to tell them. But I have come, but I have not come of my own accord. He who sent me is true. You could translate that is true as is real. Is real as well. Basically, he's saying, yes, I am a human being, but I have not come as a regular human being, as as one of the teachers that you have around who is coming to teach you, but I have been sent by God. I am the Christ, in other words, he's saying to them. It is understandable that they would not know Jesus' true identity just by seeing Jesus. In fact, John tells us that all the signs and miracles Jesus performed, he did it in order to prove who he was and so that people will believe in him. But Jesus didn't only left people with signs and wonders, but he proclaimed who he was through his words. He didn't let people guessing, oh, we see this sign and we see this miracle. He must be powerful. We have said or we have read from previous verses and chapters that Jesus was proclaiming to them that he have come from heaven, that nobody have gone to heaven and come down from heaven, that only him. Jesus was proclaiming to them that he was the bread of life, that in order to be saved, you needed to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Jesus was bringing to them new information. Therefore, they could have had these wrong expectations, for example, that no one will know where he comes from. But Jesus was there to clarify to them these wrong expectations and belief about him. The problem is, as we read before, that in order to hear Jesus and accept Jesus' message, your will have to be to do the will of God. You have to be willing. And as we read from before and we studied together last week, that will only comes when the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and gives you new life in Christ. Therefore, Jesus is there. They have seen his human nature, but now he's revealing to them that he is more than what they are seeing. The problem is that they were not accepting him. Then what is the wrong result? There were wrong expectations. What is the wrong result? The wrong result is what Jesus tells them after that. He says there in verse 
28. He who sent me is true, is real, and him you do not know. And him you do not know. Think about this. He's speaking here to Israelites, to Jewish people. He's speaking here to religious leaders who were supposed to teach who was God to others, who were supposed to help people to understand the way to have communion and relationship with God. He is saying these things to the people that were telling that, saying that he was blaspheming by connecting himself with God, that they do not know God. Jesus is saying here something very important for them, for us, and for the rest of humanity in the years to come. That unless you know Jesus, you don't know God. Because Jesus is God himself, and the way to know God and to have communion with God is Jesus. He is the way. He is no one way. He is the only way. And Jesus was telling them, because you cannot accept who I am, because your will is not to do the will of God, you don't understand what I'm talking about to you, therefore you do not know God. But Jesus tells them, I know him, for I come from him, and he sent me. And you do not know God. Third, Christ can be stopped. And I will add to that, the gospel can't be stopped. So they were seeking to arrest him. They were trying to kill Jesus. If you look at what we read, for example, in verse 32, it's actually connecting it with what's happening here. He says, the Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him. What were the things that the Pharisees heard that the crowds were talking? Is what we read in verses 25, 26, and 27. That they were wondering, who is this Christ? And they were saying, maybe he is the Christ. And maybe the religious leaders don't want to let us know that he is the Christ. Maybe he is not the Christ because no one will know where he comes from. The Pharisees heard that that was the rumor in the crowd. And when the Pharisees heard that, what they decided to do? They decided to arrest him. Remember, the Pharisees have not arrested him before, and the crowds were wondering why they did not arrest Jesus. But when the Pharisees realized that things were going out of control, they decided to take action and arrest him. Verse 30, let's go back there. So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one lay a hand on him. Think for a moment on that. Who was Jesus? Yes, Jesus is God. But in their eyes, it's just a man. What kind of political power did Jesus have? What kind of influence, what kind of army did he have? Nothing. And he was right there at the temple. This 
week I was listening in the radio about this man who uh, was drunk and drove, and drove the car, drove a car that it was not his car and the plates were f- fake and he was uh, looked by the police and he's driving this car that he's not his car, the police is looking for him and his car broke down right in front of the police station. And the police were there and said, can I help you? And of course, they check in and say, oh, welcome. You can stay with us right now. Where did Jesus go? Jesus goes to the temple. Remember, he wasn't going to Jerusalem because he knew that people were planning to kill him. But it was not because he was afraid of them. It was because he had his plan. He was in control of his plan. But then he goes to the temple. He is there. The religious leaders are there. And the religious leaders cannot lay hand on him. Now, you might start to think about some of your own theories. Maybe they were afraid of the crowd. Maybe they were afraid that if they arrest him, they will get in troubles with people. Thanks God. Don't tell us what is the reason. Because, you read there, but no one laid a hand on him because, not because of the crowd, not because Jesus had an army, not because, it was because his hour had not yet come. Jesus was in charge of his plan. When will be his hour? His hour will be six months later at the Passover feast when he will come back to Jerusalem and he will come to give his life for people because his hour had come. But at that moment, they could not arrest Jesus because his hour had not yet come. Christ can be stopped. The gospel cannot be stopped as well. Sometimes I hear Christians wondering and fearing about what a government can do against Christians and what people can do against us to stop us to move forward sharing the gospel. Christ could not be stopped because his hour had not come, because he was in charge of the plan, because that was his plan, that he will be there, that he will proclaim, that he will leave nobody could arrest or stop him from doing his will. That he will give his life when it was time for him to give his life. Therefore, brothers and sisters, I think that this should be an encouragement for us that we should not be afraid because unless the hour has come for Christ to come, the gospel will never be stopped. Then we see that yet many people believe in him. They were wondering on the one hand, but on the other hand, they were believing in him. Now, we don't know exactly what kind of belief they have because we have seen before that many crowds followed Jesus and then departed when he spoke the word of God, when he spoke the gospel. But people were still around him and he could not be stopped from proclaiming the gospel. Now, fourth, time is of the essence. Then the Pharisees, verse 32 Hear the crowds muttering these things about him. And the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. What did Jesus do? He ran to Galilee. 
He's now finding a place to escape. No. He said to them, I will be with you a little longer. And then I'm going to him who sent me. And you will seek me, and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. What is Jesus talking about here? Jesus is talking about here to his way to the cross, where he's going to die, coming back from the death, and ascending to be seated at the right hand of God the Father. What he is saying to them is actually proclaiming the next steps in his mission. But there is something that is important here that I like to highlight that they should have pay attention to and that we need to pay attention as well today. Is that Jesus told them, I will be with you a little longer. A little longer is for some time. Because he's saying to them, I will not be with you around all the time because I'm going to die and I'm going to ascend to God. There were people among that group that likely, possibly, die before all these events happen. They had an opportunity. Jesus was with them a little longer. But some of these people heard the gospel, heard Jesus proclaiming who he was, and they did not accept Jesus. Some of them actually saw Jesus dying on the cross. And maybe some of them didn't see Jesus resurrected, but they learned from many witnesses that Christ came back. And yet, many of them died and did not believe in Jesus. Even today, I would say that, you could say that Jesus is telling to them, I will be with you a little longer. To them, he can be saying to us today, I will be away a little longer, but I will come back. And the question is, are you ready? Now, when is the time? I remember my uncle used to share the gospel with anybody he would find around. And he will always say these words. This is a case of an emergency. Think that you are having a heart attack right now. Don't think that you are just feeling a little bit sick and things are going to go well. Because he was telling them, you don't know what is your future. You don't know what is going to happen the next hour, the next day. And we don't know when Christ will come. Christ can come any moment, right? I will be away a little longer. The question is, for anyone who has not yet believed in Christ, do you believe where he came from? Do you believe that Christ is actually God himself? who took flesh? Or are you letting your wrong expectations about who is the Messiah becoming an obstacle between you and trusting in him for salvation? And therefore you might find yourself among those who did not believe until they die. Now the the challenge for all of us as believers is as my uncle was telling the people that was sharing the gospel, he was sharing the gospel with, this is a case of an emergency, do we sense that emergency? Do we sense that urgency? Because Christ will be away 
a little longer. We don't know for how long. And we don't know how long the people that we have around that don't know Jesus are going to be alive. For how long? Do we see any individual that don't know Jesus as a person in great need of knowing where Jesus comes from? Remember, he might have wrong expectations. And because of that, he's ending in having wrong results, which is that not knowing who Christ is. But remember that at the end of the day, the one who changes the heart is God himself. Therefore, do not be discouraged if somebody say no. Do not stop proclaiming the gospel. Go out. Let's go out and share it. Because he will be away a little longer, but he will come. Help us, Lord, to see that urgency of sharing the gospel. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that if we have trusted in you for salvation, it's because you have revealed to our hearts that you did not come on your own accord, that he who sent you is real, is God, that you know him, that you came from him to die on the cross for us. We thank you that we know this because you have done this miracle of regeneration in our hearts. We didn't come to faith because we were smart enough to figure this out, but because you changed our hearts. Help us, Lord, to proclaim this gospel to those that still don't know you. And we pray, Lord, for those that today might be thinking that they have time They can wait until tomorrow or next week or when they are older because they think that they need to enjoy life as they are here. Help them, Lord, to see that you are God. Reveal yourself to them, especially our friends, Lord, and those that we have already shared the gospel with. Help them to see that you are the Savior, the way, the light, the truth. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.